This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are talking about we're continuing to walk through the Gospels here in Season 3. And today is going to be a pretty exciting one. We are going to talk about the book of Matthew and what we don't know or what you don't know, what I don't know. Let's just call it what Chris Swain doesn't know about the book of Matthew. But really, it's what you don't know about the book of Matthew. There are things that we're going to learn today that are going to help us as we learn from God's word. We learn more about the gospels. When you're discipling those you disciple, if you're in a discipleship group, one of the things I like to do is I like to show up to a discipleship group setting and surprise the leader with things that I know. <laughs> I think a lot of people try to do a that. Lot of, so what you can do is you can cheat with this podcast by learning something today and then showing up at your Bible study, your small group, your discipleship group, and going, well, did you know this? Yeah. This is what you don't know about the book of Matthew. Well, and yeah, <laughs> that's always, in there. especially for the leader, you know, he's like, who's this know-it-all, right? Uh, Where'd you learn this at? Yeah. Well, actually, that's the goal of this shift in our podcast is we wanted to equip you and disciple you so that you could use a lot of this stuff in your discipling groups. Yes. Discipleship groups. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's uh, it's to help the individual in the group and the individual group leaders continue to learn and and uh, and grow. And so I'm, I'm really excited about today is we've been walking through Matthew a little bit. We really looked at all the Gospels. We talked about our favorite gospel, which, I mean, we love all of them, so that's probably a terrible question to ask, but just the different insights. And today we're going to dive into Matthew. And so let's just get started. What What is it that we don't know about the book of Matthew? Yeah, okay. So let's start with last week, recap. We talked okay. about Matthew was uh, what for profession? What did he do for a profession? Matthew was a tax collector, Ooh, one of the was. beloved people in the community, right? Yeah, sarcastically, <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, he was hated. Hated by the the, the Jewish people were not fans of one of their own collecting their money to give to a whole different group of people. Yeah, so he was a turncoat. He was a traitor. And uh, so he turned his back on his people. They hated him. So Jesus calls this man who is an outcast. He's an outsider. He's on the outside of society. And yet he welcomes him in. And of all things, through the sovereignty of God, he is the man that's going to begin the Gospels. The Mm -hmm. New Testament begins with a man who is far from God. Now, what Matthew brings to the table is this. Matthew is a man, I believe, who knew the Bible. Mm. Why do you think I, I, I assume that Matthew knew the Old Testament? He knew the sacred scriptures. How, do I, how can I say that? I think you can say that because he references them quite a bit. Yes. Throughout the Gospel of yes. Matthew. And why is that? Why does he reference them? Yeah. I don't know. Because he, <laughs> this is what I don't know. You don't about know. The book of no, Matthew. because he's Jewish. Oh, well, there you okay. go. Okay, so here's what you got to understand. That was a lot easier answer than I thought. Yeah, of. you got to re- remember, Mar- uh, Luke is not a Jew. Luke is a Gentile man writing to Gentiles. Okay, mm. he's a doctor, so he's he's not a Jewish man. Yeah, Matthew is a Jew uh, by birth, and so he's a Jewish man. He knows the culture. Okay. He knows the customs. He followed the festivals. He grew up learning in the yeshiva, which was the school. He read the Torah. He participated in all of the feast days, but something happened where a shift happened in his life and he became an outcast. He, in a sense, turned away from all of that, gave it all up to be a tax collector. Hmm. So when Jesus comes to him, there is this foundation in his heart of the Jewish scriptures, 
and a knowledge of God. And you have to believe. I mean, we'll get to the story of Matthew soon, yeah. but I'll give you a little snippet. You have to believe when Jesus comes on the scene and gives him that invitation, come follow me, mm. you have to believe he missed intimacy with God. Mm. You have to believe he missed worshiping God. You have to believe he missed going into the temple yeah. or the tabernacle, I mean, or the uh, synagogue. He had to miss He wanted that. to do some of these things without being ostracized. Yeah, he had to he believe He was hopeful. That. Yeah, I mean, some of us do that. I mean, you know, people sell their soul to, to go out in business and, and be successful and, and make yeah. a lot of money, and, and, they, and they sacrifice their families on that altar. They sacrifice their, their, their uh, integrity on that altar, and they think, man, was it really worth it? So that's Matthew. Matthew's going to write to, as we talked about, the Mamzer. Yes. M-A-M-Z-E-R. Who's re- the Mamzer? I remember talking, I remember hearing about the Mamzer. Who's the Mamzer? I remember thinking I was a Mamzer. No, you were. Is that a Gentile I, I was a Mamzer, too. A Mamzer <laughs> is the outcast or the irreligious. Oh, that's right. Uh, the irreligious one who is viewed as an outcast. And so you're right. going to see Matthew is going to give us an eyewitness account where he is laser focused on finding people who are looked over and overlooked by society. Okay, so let's get into the three major themes of the book of Matthew. Now, I said this earlier, I love Matthew more than any other gospel. And the reason is Matthew makes more connections from the Old Testament to the New than any other gospel writer. Now, Matthew makes a lot of connections that he don't that that he doesn't overtly make, which is what we're going to show you, but he makes a lot of overt connections that we do see. And your Bible has those in bold. I was teaching my discipleship group last week and I showed them that insight. And one guy said, I never knew what those bold letters were. (laughs) That's what they are. So in your Bible, if you see bold letters, that is the translator telling you this is a direct connection to the Old Testament. Okay. So that's a little insight there. Another teaching point is this. If you notice at the beginning of every paragraph, there's a heading in bold. Yes. That is supplied by the translators. That's not in the original text. It's kind of a a way to help us. It's a hook to hang on to as you go along the story. But one of the things you realize is this. Those are called, do you know what they're called, Chris? The the bold uh, statements that define what's coming in the text? Yes, like let's take Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And by the Mm. way, take your Bible out if you're with us. Um, I would just assume it's a header, but I don't know. Header's a good word. The technical term is pericope. Wow. Pericope. I, I would literally have never guessed that with a million guesses. It looks like periscope, but it's not. Pericope. P-E-R-I-C-O-P-E. I can't even say it now. P-E-R-I-C-O-P-E. If nothing else, we have le- what you did not know about the book of Matthew is the word pericope. Yes, you learned something new today. And that's not even about Matthew. That's about the entire Bible. I love the learning. The entire Bible. Okay, let me give you an insight about Matthew, and then we'll get into the themes. Matthew is trying to prove three things about Jesus. Every gospel writer is trying to prove something. Remember, Mark's trying to prove the suffering servant of Jesus. He's the suffering servant. Matthew's trying to prove something interesting. Do you know the theme that Matthew is trying to prove? Uh, I wish I did. I wish I did. Okay. Do you remember remember from last time? I'm sure you've taught it at some point, but at this date in the morning, halfway through my cup of coffee. Okay, yeah, no, uh, I know. I'm coming up zeros. Okay, let's start with John. John's trying to prove Jesus is God. Okay, does that over and over. Luke's trying to prove Jesus is the Savior and Redeemer of the world. Mm -hmm. Mark's trying to prove Jesus is the suffering servant. Matthew's trying to prove he's the Messiah. 
Three things, actually. Dang it. Trick question. I was close. Three. I, you had three <laughs> options. You had three options. I missed all three. Number one is Messiah. You're oh, right. Yes. Oh, you got one. You Thank got one goodness. of the three. You had three shots. So. Can we just pause for a moment and reflect on the fact that I got something you got one right? right? Yeah. <laughs> you normally get one right. Uh, okay. The three major themes. Messiah. If you're taking notes, write this down. The Messiah. Jesus is from the line of day. And I think we're going to give show notes, too, to help people. Is that yes. right, Mr. Jonathan? Simon, who's typing our show notes as we speak. Uh, three key themes. The Messiah is from the line of who? Or the lineage of David. David. Okay. Now, why is lineage or the genealogy important for people? Why are people so bent on trying to figure out who is their father's 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 father? Um, I would assume it's tied to the prophecy yes. of where the Messiah will come. That's right. So they wanted to know where they were from, what tribe they were from, and who was in their lineage. Okay. Now, what's interesting is this is predominantly Hebraic. I mean, this is thoroughly Hebraic. The Jewish Bible, the, 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 the sacred scriptures, the Hebrew Bible, always has a list and genealogies. Have you ever gotten to those reading your Bible, reading time, and thought, I'm just going to gloss over this? Yes. The, I, I call it the begats. The begats. <laughs> yeah. uh, I often skip over the begats. Yeah. And then uh, and here in the CSB, it's fathered so-and-so, fathered, fathered so-and-so. Fathered so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, fathered it's so. like that song, The Blessing. And your, fathers, and your fathers and your children's children, children your children's children's children. children. Yeah. And so on and so forth. It's scriptural. It's good. It's a good song. Don't yes. make fun of it. I love but, that song. But it is a lot of children's children. There are a lot of children involved. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you go back, if you go back to the Old Testament, we have right out the gate, pop quiz, right out the gate, a genealogy that goes from Adam all the way down to someone. Do you know who that is? Adam to who? Adam to Jesus, isn't it? Noah. Genesis. We're in Genesis now. Oh, okay. Sorry. Back to Genesis. I was looking at the whole wall. No, no, we're not looking at Matthew. I'm trying to give you a basis for why Matthew's doing this, okay? Gotcha. In the Old Testament, there are many sections of genealogy. Two in the book of Genesis, by the way. Abraham, Moses. It starts with Adam, Genesis 5. Goes all the way through Noah. Noah. Genesis 5. Okay. Then if you skip ahead and go to Genesis what? Do you know what it is? I'm going to throw out 26. Ooh, close. Genesis 11. <laughs> close, close. I like the, the 20s out there just, like in, case, no, like just in case. Just in case. Genesis 11. Yeah. Then you have Shem to Abram. And yes. then you have the big one, which we'll get to in Exodus. But I'll save that for after, after the break. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We're talking about, of all things, lineage. It's one of the more popular topics. Very exciting, I can tell you right now. But if you (laughs) hang with us. Some of the most unread portions of the Bible are specifically critical and important here. Yeah. So we were walking through, and we got to Exodus, Mm -hmm. and uh, and we were were coming up uh, against a very important part of this genealogy. genealogy. Yeah, okay. Now, let me tell you, you're, you're laughing about genealogy, and, and, and I have to be honest, it's tough to read. 
Because we yes. don't we, we read a bunch of names we can't pronounce. Yes, Z- Zara. Yeah, and, Zara and Fah, Ezron, Aminadab, Simeon. I'm reading a different genealogy, but <laughs> but the point is, their names we can't pronounce. But here's the thing: embedded within Genesis five is this amazing story about a man named Enoch mm. who walked with God and was translated to heaven. So if we skip over the genealogy. We miss the one of two people who did not die in mm. the history of God in the Old Testament. One is Enoch. The other is, got taken with a chariot of fire. Elijah. Elijah. And many people believe those two men are going to be the two witnesses who come back mm. at the end of time in Revelation. The only two men who actually pass from life to eternity without wow. going through death, which is interesting. Okay, but this genealogy is interesting because it's in Exodus chapter 6, verses 14 and following. And what I think is happening is this. I think what Matthew is doing is he is trying to show that Jesus is of the lineage of David, Mm -hmm. which we know, but he's also trying to show us something else. Jesus is the new Moses. This is the big theme of Matthew. And by the way, um, you'll see it all throughout the book of Matthew. You'll see... Now, why is Moses important? Why is he trying to prove that Jesus is the new Moses? Why is Moses important? Because he delivered the Hebrews. Yes. Moses to the Jews is what Jesus is to the Christian. Okay, what do I mean? Moses was the Redeemer. Moses, They call Moses their what? Savior. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm trying to actually. give you a tee up there. I did not know Savior. that they called them. They called thing. Moses their, why wouldn't they? They were in 400 years of bondage. Mm. Now, let me show you an interesting insight here. The Jewish people were in 400 years of bondage to the Egyptians. And then Moses comes on the scene and leads them out into the promised land. The first century folk were in 400 years of silence from Mm. Malachi. And then all of a sudden, a man comes on the scene and says, hey, I don't think this is any accident. Hey, by the way, there's one coming after me who's going to lead you not out of the bondage of Egypt, but out Mm. of the bondage of sin into the promised land called the kingdom of heaven. You notice the the connections here, which we're going to get to next week. Gematria, my favorite subject of the Bible. You got to be careful with that. We're not going to, we're letting, we're letting loose on Gematria. I'm going to try to keep us within the bounds of, of safety. Okay. While you can. I'm going high, you pull back. Okay. (laughs) Just pull the reins on it, but we're going for it next week. But, but, but here's the thing. The, the, the theme is the new Moses. Mm-hmm. So think about Jesus. He, uh, he goes to a place where to be born, and then immediately he makes this trek all the way into Egypt mm-hmm. as a baby. Then he comes back to the land. Jesus is going to do miracles that Moses did. He's going to turn water into wine. Moses' first miracle was to turn water into what? Blood. God used Moses to turn the water mm-hmm. into blood. Yeah. Same color. No accident there. Moses is going to take people to a mountainside, Exodus 16, and he's going to produce fresh manna from heaven. Hmm. Jesus is going to take people to a mountainside and produce fresh baked catfish po'boys hmm. from Leidenheimer. No, it's a joke. It's, it's not that. That's <laughs> what I think it was. Leidenheimer is a place in New Orleans. Because it was, if, yeah, if it, was, it, was, it was the bread. It was the, it was the best bread on the planet, by the way. Leidenheimer bread is some of the best I would on the love planet. to have some right now. Oh, you ever had a catfish or a shrimp I've po'boy? Never. Not from there. Leidenheimer. Bread is lying home. We need to try okay. it. Someday. We need to go there and do it. But uh, no, Jesus produces manna from heaven just like Moses did. So, what Matthew's going to show is repeatedly, over and over again, Jesus is the new Moses. Okay, here's the final one. Oh, this one I was saying, one more thing. Exodus 6 
Many people don't realize this. Before the people are led from the bondage into the wilderness, embedded in Exodus 6 is a genealogy from Moses and Aaron all the way down through the tribes of Israel. Hmm. So even in Exodus, many people forget this, there is embedded this genealogy before the ministry of Moses begins. Interesting. Wow. And now we have in Matthew, before the ministry of Jesus begins, hmm. this genealogy from the beginning of Abraham all the way through David down to Jesus the Messiah. The final key theme, and we'll close with this. The first two to recap. First two to recap. Messiah. Messiah through the lineage of who? Moses. David. You're putting two together. David. That's good. I like what you're doing because you're putting two of them together. Well, you know, I was confused there for a moment. Now, but... why Messiah through the lineage of David? Did anyone know? But that's you're the listening. prophecy. Yes, because David was a what? David was a king. David was a king. He was also a shepherd. David was also a shepherd, which Jesus will be the shepherd as well. Two of them. There's many motifs here for the life of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is going to be, well, there's actually three. Do you know what they are here? We got a lot of things we're throwing out there. I am today. tired of these Monday Jesus morning tests. Jesus is going to fulfill three different roles in the nation of Israel. Yes. Three different roles. Colton, you can chime in. We know three one. Three different roles. For David was a what? King. King. Warrior. No. Fighter. Poet. Songwriter. <laughs> he was all these things. He was all those things. I'm not wrong. You're Yeah, that's David, though. We're talking about Jesus here. Oh, we're talking so, about Jesus. Priest, okay, gotcha. I mean, I mean, they were the king, and a, and he's going to fill priest. the role as priest, the high priest, but he's also going to fill the role as what? King. Prophet and king, yes. Sure. King, priest, and prophet. So Jesus is going to, this is called triperspectival leadership today, wow. if you want to look at it. rolls off the, the big word, but. It's uh, like pericope or whatever yeah, that other Pericope, yeah. <laughs> no, if you want to look this up, there's a big move today in, in ministry that they're looking at the role of a pastor mm -hmm. or the role of a team. Mm -hmm. And what they said is a healthy church team has to have one of each of the tri-perspectival leadership in their, in their organization. Number one is you have to have a priest, someone who does the ministry of God. Mm -hmm. You have to have a prophet, the preacher who proclaims or heralds the, the, the role of God or the, or, or the uh, truth of God. And then you have to have the king role uh, which is more of the guy who carries out the administration of the organization of God. Hmm. And so in a healthy, you can look this up, a lot of people have written on this, tri-perspectival leadership. Jonathan hmm. will have that in the notes if you want to do some research well, let's on make that. Sure we Jesus get in encapsulated all three. Let's do the final one. Let's okay, the final, final one. Final one. Jesus, number one, is the Messiah from the line of David, King. Jesus is the new Moses, Redeemer. He's going to redeem him. Okay. Number three, God is, here's the theme, God is with us. Ooh, that's a good thing. We say it this way in, in the Greek, Emmanuel. You ever heard of that? Mm, God Emmanuel. with us. God with us. Emmanuel, my first church, the first church I pastored. Yeah. Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's yeah, a, a good place to start. Wow, what a place. Come to Emmanuel yeah. Baptist Church where God is with us. Yes. Now, let me give you one insight to kind of get you excited about what's to come. Matthew is going to embed in his gospel little insights that many of us, and I promise you, you stick with this podcast, I promise you, you're going to learn something every week and you will respond online or email us and say, I have been a Christian. We hear this all the time. I've been a Christian my entire life and I've never seen this, never heard this before. Mm. 
Those are the kind of nuggets. And I think, initially you're asking, why do we miss it? Because we've been reading this Bible from a Western American perspective for information mm-hmm. and education. Yes. What I'm going to teach you is how to read the Bible for intimacy and action, how to respond. What is God asking us to do in response to this? Yeah. But we're also going to look at it from a Hebraic perspective. Turn with me, Chris. I want to show you two insights. Matthew is trying to start his gospel okay. and end his gospel with this truth that now, for the first time in history, the God who's promised by the Old Testament prophets, the God who was displayed by the Old Testament priests, mm-hmm. the God who came on the scene through a kingly ministry of David is now finally here. Mm. God is with, we don't have to wait for tomorrow. The kingdom of heaven is not now and then it's here and now. Okay. Or there and then it's here and now. Okay. Yes. Let's see how he says. So we begin in Matthew chapter one, right after the genealogy, yes. we come off the birth announcement of Jesus and the angel's going to say something mm. amazing. Read verse 23 at the end. Okay. Or read verse 23 and we'll show you what he's saying. 23. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel. Next next word. Which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. That's pretty amazing, okay? So we begin the gospel, chapter 1, with the words, God is with us. Go with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is the last words of the gospel of Matthew, and it is the great commission. Yes. Jesus' greatest command to his disciples, the marching orders for us today. Yes. And Jesus, of all places, to end the ministry. This is the mic drop moment. Jesus is going to end with these words, verse 20. Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember. And remember. I am with you always to the end of the age. What is he saying? Still with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so That's here, good. this is That's what's good. good about the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus encapsulates the truth that God is with us once and for all. We don't have to wait for him. We don't have to check a box and hope our name is called up yonder when the role uh, is going to be called up when we're there. We're, we're talking yeah. about living in the kingdom with a king who's in the present tense, not future tense, mm-hmm. the present tense in our life. And this was the greatest message I think people were waiting to hear. That's so good. That God is now here today with us. Mm. Well, we've got a lot more to learn about Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. If you would, text someone right now and let them know about the podcast. Go and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast, and we will uh, get back into Matthew next week. Thanks for joining us. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.